Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. It is Thursday, April the 18th, 2019. I was looking at Twitter and I noticed an item from somebody in the financial services industry. I'm not going to mention who, I'm not going to mention the organization, I'm going to, not in any way, shape or form. But it immediately caused me to go, really? The tweet went something like this. It said, that if you have any money invested in cash, that you're not doing what you should be doing with your money. Now, this really irks me because one of the things many people get sick and tired of is the conflicting messages from those who are in business because you really don't understand at times how things work and so it gets really confusing. Now, I know we all have the need to use people who are specialists, people who are very good at one or two things in life. And then when those people in their organization basically give you information that doesn't make any sense whatsoever because it completely conflicts with what you were told before, you sometimes just don't know what to do. So this can be a huge problem of garbage in and garbage out with normal working people. And as a result, you don't do anything. And that's been my experience. It's a huge problem with normal everyday people. I never met a stranger. My children have told me on a regular basis, dad never met a stranger. And I've always handed out business cards. You never know who you're going to meet and what the circumstances are going to be. And so as a result, our firm, we have established a process by which we work with literally anyone. Now there's levels in which we do work, but the principles of fixed cost and fiduciary-based investment advisory and management services. Those are absolutely critical to me and to our firm. So yeah, I hand out business cards all the time. In fact, some of you who are listening to this may have met me originally through just a simple old business card where I said, hey, I'm Paul, how you doing? But what we do is we track online very carefully who gets online. So if I'm in Orlando or in Daytona or Jacksonville or Atlanta or Dallas, wherever I might be, you can tell if anybody got online. You can tell exactly what's going on, where they're going on the website. And on the average and whole, for the most part, a lot of people, well, they don't follow up. Oh, they say they're going to, but it's a waste of time. But we continue. Why do we do it? And this is all leading to that Twitter post about cash. It's because it's the right thing. It only takes one person to get lucky. Years ago, I had a person, I won't say man or woman, they worked for a restaurant chain. And they were in management, not senior management, they were in management. And I literally sat down and had no problem going through explaining how their employee benefits worked, what I suggested they take, the importance of getting adequate disability insurance above and beyond what the company offered. The company offered a pretty good little plan, but they really needed something above that. Told them where to go, how to get it, and began a small investment program for them, very small fixed cost program. And then one thing led to another and make sure they get their 401k and we're instead of putting all the money in bonds and cash, get in the market. Well, as things turned out, this person won a lottery, one of the largest lotteries in the history of the country. They were thrilled because they could do all this investing with us. And even though I had them as a client, they didn't understand, I don't make any more money. We don't make any more money, but they hit the lottery. And I'm happy to say they're doing extremely well. They went through our SWAT program, sudden wealth awareness training. They'd already been clients, but they went through it. We maintain a great relationship. It's very professional and they're doing Doing fine. They're not going to be like 90% of those who have sudden wealth and blow it. And that's the advantage of having our SWAT training. If you're interested in that, give us a holler. We'll be happy to go through what that's all about. But this is not about that experience. This is not about me meeting people and not following up. This is about cash, greenbacks, 
Uncle Sam's, and I want to focus primarily on retirement. Now, when you're working, you know you should have three to six months of cash built up. You know that there are things that are just standard operating procedure. You need to have enough cash to maintain your your float in between paychecks. You Look, here's the key thing. If you got any debt whatsoever, you got to get out of it. So standard operating procedure for cash. We're not going to talk about that. What I'm going to talk about is retirement. Now, the amount of cash you should maintain during retirement is similar to when you're working, but it's a little bit different. So before we get into that, let's cover our quick 60-second disclaimer. Connecting Dots is a production of Fixed Cost Financial, the home of fixed cost investing. All rights reserved. Rebroadcast or distribution prohibited without express written authorization. Connecting Dots is for educational use only. Investment performance is not guaranteed. Past performance is not indicative of future results. This broadcast does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation or needs. Nothing should be construed as an individual recommendation. Always read and all applicable information carefully before making an investment decision. Investments are not bank guaranteed, not FDIC insured, and may lose value. Due to our extensive holdings and that of our clients, you should assume that we have a position in all companies discussed and thus a conflict of interest should be assumed. Now, if you're listening on Spotify or you're listening on iTunes or Overcast or any of the podcasting networks out there, I would encourage you to go to fixedcostinvesting.com, click on podcast because the outline is there and it is uh, pretty important to follow the outline. It's a little bit easier. We'll try to get this up on the other sites as well. Now, I'm going to go a little quicker because the outline you can follow along and here's the way it goes. All of this is simply this. There's cash, right? Cash you can lay your hands on right now. And near-term cash are those things you can get your hands on within one year. Now, I technically define short-term as one to three years and intermediate three to five and long five and over. Okay, that's how I do it. Cash, I got it right now, near-term, and then you have short-term, intermediate, and long. What you need to have is enough money for your working needs. And retirement needs and working needs are a little bit similar, but again, it's different. Now, all of this has to do with project management. I can tell you absolutely unequivocally, beyond exclusion of every reasonable doubt, it is my opinion that those of us who have an internal monologue, who can ask questions of ourselves, who can think, those of us who can sit down and outline and mind map things, taking pen to paper and working through a problem are going to be better off in life than those who are literally clueless. Now, I realize there's a lot of people out there who have not done what I just said. But it's critical. Start with something small. It's and talk it through. Ask yourself these questions. Outline it. And one more thing I'm going to say. There is something about taking a pen and having paper and thinking through a project that you cannot get any other way. There's something in the brain that works. We've seen, for example, studies where students that take notes, pen to paper, something in the brain works better. It makes a stronger connection. They get higher scores. You sit there and type away in your computer and try to get everything and you just you, you, you can't do that 
learning how to learn is one of the most important things I think there is in life. I really believe that you can teach somebody at any age how to learn. The problem is the person who is being taught has to be willing to listen. And I can tell you with a hell of a lot of experience, most people just won't learn how to learn. They refuse. Oh, I'm an adult. I've already, I've already done this. I, I know how to do it. No, I literally drill for a skill on how to learn every single day. It's the way we do our business, forecasting, connecting dots. The reason for the title on this, po- on this podcast is simply because it's all about what we do, connecting dots, due diligence, investigations, and doing it for my whole life, it seems like. So when you sit down, one of the things you have to do is budget. Oh, I hate to budget, Paul. Yeah, I know. You you hate to budget. Oh, budgeting is terrible. It's the worst thing in the world to do. Nobody should have to budget. Well, you need a budget. And it's not just one budget. You need five distinct budgets. What do you mean five budgets? You need five budgets because with five budgets, you're going to be fine. So here's the way it works. You have an extreme minimalist budget. It's basically starvation. You know I mean, you got a dollar in your pocket, you got to make it last. You got 10, 100,000, you got to make it last. You got 10, you got to make it last. After the extreme budget, and this is when you are flat down and out in Beverly Hills, right? Then you have a significant minimalist budget. Okay, you, you're living, but you're not living great. I mean, it, it, you're, you're, you're not barely making, you're making it, but oh man, it is. Every penny's accounted for. Then you have what I call a modern minimalist budget. It's normal. It's your normal everyday budget. You see, modern minimalist is based upon one simple concept. Own everything you use, but use everything you own. And by following that very simple principle, you won't have waste. Then you have what I call relaxed minimalist. You're still doing your modern minimalist approach. You use everything you own and you own everything you use, but you have a few luxuries in life. And those luxuries are meaningful, but you're using those. The budget that you don't want is called excessive. And that's what most people have. That's the reason why they have credit, debt. It's always a boom or bust type thing. If they got it, it's going to burn a hole in their pocket to get out. And why do you need five budgets? Because ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I guarantee you at some point in time, you can hear from the, in the distance, okay? It will absolutely hit the fan. And the five things that you need to be concerned about, we call the five deadly Ds. Death, disability, division, discharge, and destruction. I'm not going to get into the details. But people are all subject to cancer and heart disease and heart attacks. You can be doing just fine and dandy and have an episode that it just breaks bad for you. Again, accidents. Not just with you, but also with people who are dependent upon you or you are dependent upon them. You work for a a small employer who, whoop, drops dead in a car accident. You're out of a job. All sorts of things can happen. Now, the problem with postponing a lifelong history of budgeting is that you get into a rut. And so with a lack of experience, you have bad habits. Good habits are pathways to success. Bad habits are ruts to failure. You've heard me say that all the time. And it's really easy to fall off the wagon when you're older. Now, habits take time. And it just simply is something that we have to do. We've got to budget. Now, small amounts spent on meaningless things, well, that becomes habit. Well, you know, I'll just, I'm going to run through McDonald's. I'm running late to school or I'm running late to work. I'm just going to run through McDonald's. Oh, I really could use some coffee and oh, I got to go through Starbucks. You're, you're five minutes away from work, 10 minutes away from work, but you got to have that cup of coffee. So you run through Starbucks, you pay that four or $5. You literally are spending a million dollars over your lifetime, okay? Then there are those who invest small amounts and they know by the time that they've retired, they've watched it grown and they go, holy crap. 
crapola. My goodness, money over time, it really becomes a boatload of money. So that's the problem when you do and start things later in life. Now, next, let's get into some hardcore facts and figures about income and earned income, and then we'll get into how much cash you're really going to need when you're retired. Now, there's only going to ever be uh, three ways in which you receive income. Earned income, unearned income, and contractual income. Now, you have earned income and it's stable. You're getting a salary. You know exactly what's coming in. You can budget. If you receive a paycheck from an employer, there is absolutely no reason why you can't budget. It's just simply because you're lazy. There's not, you can't say, well, I don't know how to. There's a, do you have a cell phone? Do you have a smartphone? You literally have a world of information in your pocket you can learn. And by the way, I'm going to tell you this right now. For every single person out there who has stopped using a computer and stopped using a, uh, oh, whether it's a desktop or laptop, and you don't have a, a decent, and I mean that word legitimately, decent tablet, you're trying to do everything off your cell phone, you don't, you're not fooling anybody. It's handy, it's convenient, it's cool, it's social, you can do different things, great little communicator, but it's not a real computer. Oh, it's a real computer, all right, but it's, you, there's, you just are not getting the full effect. In my broadcast studio, I have three monster-sized screens in front of me. In fact, I'm getting ready to make an update and have an, actually a fourth screen brought in, and I use every one. You might say, oh, that's just ridiculous. Says, well, you're a, you're a stock trader. We don't trade. We're an investment advisory firm. We're a fiduciary. But the amount of information I can bring in, the different things I'm working on, at the same time, I have this gigantic L-shaped desk that I had built in Texas that go, go, I can raise it up and down. Right now, I'm sitting rather than standing. But throughout the day, I raise it, I stand and I do my push-ups and sit-ups and I do my bends and squats and everything else. I try to stay in shape just sitting all day long and my behind would be horrible. But going back to stable income, if you choose not to budget, it's because you're just lazy. You can't claim ignorance anymore. You're just stupid. You've got to budget. And if that, if you got offended on that, if you got offended on that, um, too bad. It's just the way it is. So as we continue on, one of the things you need to also realize is that you have unstable income. And unstable income is the result of commissions, okay? Oh. So if you have an employer and, you know, you're selling cars or you're selling real estate, you have to focus on your budgeting. You have to pay a little bit more attention because... I mean, that boom and bust will really kill you. It really will. Now, the next form of income is called unearned income. That's interest, dividends, capital gains. Capital gains will be long and short. And then finally, you have contractual income. Now, you can remember this real easy if you think of the word Q. Think of Q ball, C-U-E, contractual, unearned, and earned. Contractual income, everything is an annuity. All contractual income is basically an annuity. So if you have an employer and you have an pension, where they're going to pay you a set dollar amount for the rest of your life based upon how many years you work. That's a defined benefit pension plan. And the way that's calculated is it's calculated based upon actuarial calculations. Actuarial calculations are nothing more than annuities. You give money to a charity and they say, okay, based upon your money, Bobby, we're going to give you money of this much every month for the rest of your life. And then when you're, you're gone, whatever's left, we keep. That's an annuity. You structure a private annuity with a family member. Hey, John, listen, you know, I, 
you know, uh, Alzheimer's runs in the family. And before I uh, become, uh, you know, noodle brained and uh, die, here's a million dollars. And I want you to pay me, uh, oh, $25,000 a year and make it 24, 2000 a month for the rest of my life. And then whatever's left over, you keep. Oh, okay, dad, I'll do that for you. You sign a contract. That's a, that's a, that's, that's a private annuity. Okay. That's a contract. Or you go and buy one of these commercial annuities from an insurance company. All of those things, boys and girls, are nothing more than annuities. Oh. So it's just simply working the numbers. It's very simple and something I can do off the top of my head with incredible accuracy. I get called quite often where people will say, hey, listen, you know, this is what's going on. We had a litigation matter. We're doing structured settlements, blah, blah, blah. What do you think we can get for a payout? I got the client in here, yada, yada, yada. Because I do have some relationships with some different litigation firms that uh, use my services real, real, real frequently. And so I'll come up, sit, quick little calculation. This is about what it should be. It's based upon interest rates, based upon the parts, person's uh, age, um, all of those factors. And I, I'm pretty good at that. And then a lot of times I'll be asked to negotiate those contracts. We don't get any commissions. We don't make commissions on that. But for an hourly rate or for a fixed procedure rate, we will go ahead and negotiate those contracts because that's what a true fiduciary is all about. Fixed cost is absolutely critical to us. Okay, now we're going to get into the numbers. This is going to be tough. And again, for those of you who are not on our website, you'll not see the numbers. And again, if you are listening, hey, you're driving down the road, you got an excuse to pull off and get a cup of coffee, this is the time to do it. If you're at work um, and you really shouldn't be listening to this, here's what you do. Uh, get that extra piece of paper out now and really think this thing through, okay? I don't care where you are. This is when you want to take those notes. Okay, are you ready? Are you ready? No, seriously, I'm asking. Are you? You got to get ready for this. So we'll take just a moment, get that brain focused on numbers. And when we do this, you're going to go, holy cow, does this really make sense? Yeah, it does. Here we go. I want you to take and write the word pension, okay? And then you have $1,000 a month coming in. We're going to use really simple numbers. Your pension is $1,000 a month. Then you want to write the word Social Security down, and Social Security is $1,000 a month. Then I want you to write down your modern minimalist budget. That's $3,000 a month. So one plus one is two, which means you're $1,000 short of your normal modern minimalist budget, okay? So we're $1,000 short. All financial planning, no matter what it is, is a damn joke because the solution is always the same thing. Make more, spend less, or adjust your expectations, okay? Learning, figuring things out, et cetera, that is never that difficult. The solution, though, is incredibly simple. Make more, spend less, or adjust your expectations. So what you're going to need is you're going to need $12,000 a year to make up the shortage between your pension and Social Security, $1,000 a month. Now, there's four quarters in a year. 12 months means there's three months per quarter. Now, here's the magic formula. Now, I've done this year after year after year. I have calculated on my own. I am not guaranteeing this. I am telling you this is a percentage that I have used Oh gosh, probably now about 25 years when I first came up with this thing. And I met an organization and this organization, I went to their uh, their workshops and seminars, paid them a lot of money, came away with only one simple idea. And that simple idea was time. And it was just a concept of time. It's timing in, time in, and timing out. A lot of times we can't control the timing in for an investment. What we can control, though, is the amount of time we leave that money in. 
which is why emotional-based investing doesn't work, which is why working with a fiduciary that will talk you off the ledge and keep you from doing the dumbest things in the world is absolutely critical. And then timing out is something you absolutely can control. And I'm going to show you this house we're done now. So the magic number, if you retire and you want to have money last for 30 years, I would use the number 3.82%. Let me repeat that, 3.82%. I've worked this number over and over and over. It's not three, it's not four, it's not 3.5. Don't round it. Don't use 3.83. If you use 3.82%, I think you will find you're in a very good neighborhood. I mean, I've done these things where it comes out to be 95, 97, 98. I want in the 90% range possibility that you're not going to run out of money. So if you never withdraw more than 3.82% of your investment, then you're fine. Now, what does that mean? You got a million dollars. The most you can draw out in any one year is $38,200. So what you're going to do is you're going to take $12,000 because that's what you're short. $12,000. You're short that $1,000 a month. You're going to divide $12,000 by 0.0382. That's 0.0382. And you're going to get a number. Now that number rounded off is $314,000. That is what you need in your portfolio to generate on a real steady basis that extra $1,000 a month. I'm short 1,000 times 12 is 12,000. 30 years, 3.82%. Divide 12,000 by 0.0382, and I'm gonna get $314,000. Okay, Paul, but we're talking about cash. So if you're extremely aggressive, you're living a retirement lifestyle that's really, really aggressive, then you have one year, one year of cash. That would be $12,000, $3,000 a quarter. Now, you really don't want to be aggressive, okay? You don't want to be very, very aggressive because sometimes the market has, it's down. And this is not your working cash, Okay. This is not your near-term cash. This is your retirement income cash. It works hand-in-hand hand with your investment portfolio. When you do this, your investment portfolio can be more aggressive and more long-term because you're not dipping into it for short-term needs. That's critical. That's the whole thing. Never dip into long-term money for a short-term need. Now, if you want to be aggressive, you have two years. That's $24,000. $24,000 represents 7.64% of that $314,000. Now, just think about that. You got $314,000 and an extra 7.64%. That is an extra $24,000. It doesn't sound like that much, does it? And it's not. You see, you need $3,000 because the market was down. Instead of pulling it out of your portfolio, what do you do? You take it from cash. Next quarter, damn, it's down again. Another. You take it out from cash. Third quarter, damn it to hell, I'm down again. What do I do? I take it from cash. Fourth quarter, the market goes gangbusters. It's up. What do you do? You take the money from the investments, okay? You take it off. And if you're up substantially, you begin to replenish your quarters. That's all you got to do. That is the easiest thing to do is just managing the quarters. Now, if you're moderate, middle of the road, you have three years of cash. That's $36,000, the equivalent of 11.46% above and beyond the portfolio. Portfolio. It doesn't sound like much, does it? It doesn't. It's not. So if you have three years of just like 2008, 9, 10, oh, those were terrible years. No, they weren't. 
No, if things started going down late 2007 and 8 and 9, we started going back up, you would have been so much better off. You didn't take money out. You didn't panic. You would have enjoyed one of the greatest bull runs in the world. Most people missed it because they buy high. Oh, everybody's going in. Now it's time for me to get in. And they sell low. Okay. Well, everybody's getting out. Now I'm going to get out. No, you don't do that. You take your profits when they're up and you put money in when it's down. That's what you want to do. If you're conservative, you've got four years. If you're very, very conservative, then you have five years of cash. Well, five years of cash, you got to be nuts. This goes back to that original Twitter post. Five years of cash is $60,000. So you've got 314000 Okay. Instead of 314000 you work an extra year or so. Now you've got yourself $374,000. I'm going to invest $314,000. And then 19% of that's going to go into cash. And so I've got my budget. I'm working it. I'm going to account for inflation. I'm going to make sure my cash goes up a little bit to make sure that I stay consistent with inflation. And that's what I'm going to do. Hey, pretty simple, right? That's the way it's supposed to work. So if you're online with uh, iTunes or Overcast, love Overcast, by the way, that is how it works. I'm going to run through the numbers real quickly with you, and then we're going to uh, dance out of here. Whatever you have for income, pension, social security, make a modern minimalist budget, a normal budget. Take that shortage and you need three times that because you're going to do on a quarterly basis. Remember the 3.82%. Remember the math, okay? Whatever you're short on an annual basis, divide it by 0.0382. And that's what you're going to uh, need for an investment portfolio. And then above and beyond that, you're going to need cash. If you're very aggressive, one. Aggressive, two. Moderate, three. Conservative, four. Very conservative, five years of cash to make up that shortfall. And don't let any advisor, agent, bank, Banker, broker, planner who's conflicted based upon commissions ever tell you that you need to have all of your money invested. Don't do it. If you have any questions, give us a call here at Fixed Cost Investing, where you never pay more or receive less. It's better. It's simple. It works. Hey, listen, we're different. The way we do things, it's different. And if you want to be different, this is the place to be different. This has been episode 32 of Connecting Dots. Thank you for listening. Please visit our sponsor, Fixed Cost Financial, the home of Fixed Cost Investing, at FixedCostInvesting.com. That's FixedCostInvesting.com. We got love that will never need to hide. Love will always rise above. Whatever comes, we will be just fine. If I am yours and you are mine. Take my hand and let's fly away to another galaxy. Hold me close, I want to feel your love Together we are free Just be with me Just be with me Just be with me Now we're one with the sun over our heads And at night we'll be the stars we can go any place that we want to I don't care if that's too far Take my hand and let's fly away To another galaxy Hold me close, I want to feel your love Together we are free Just be with me Just be with me just be 
rights reserved. Reproduction prohibited without written authorization.